Welcome everyone to the Never Say Die Pod, the Islanders Never Say Die Podcast. There's My number name is- one. There's number one. Screw up number one. You started right off the bat, TJ. Fantastic. Go. Oh goodness, Grumpy. It's gonna be one of those podcasts. Uh, we're here with the grumpy old man, our NHL analyst and expert, and we have a lot of news to cover, Islanders related. That is for sure, grumpy old man. Yeah, okay. First of all, my intro is the grumpy old man. Our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man, you left that out. There's two on the TJ screw-up scoreboards over today, and I want to talk to the people because I was unhappy with last week's podcast. TJ was unprepared, as usual, totally unprepared, where I had to do everything on the podcast. I mean, you see, I called him. I said, hey, I'm sick and tired of your shoddy wardrobe when you get on the podcast. At least he's wearing an actual shirt today, which is impressive. Uh, and another thing he didn't do, you know, first of all, TJ needs to remember to stay in his lane, right? He is the moderator, facilitator, whatever you want to call it. He's supposed to kind of let the grumpy old man do his thing. When the grumpy old man has to play his role and TJ's role, that's going to lead to a bad podcast. Uh, and another thing, we mentioned the shirts, right? Now, I was wearing, and I'm wearing, for anyone who noticed, I'm wearing the same shirt as I wore last week because we didn't get to talk about the Ramones. TJ, do you know anything about the Ramones? Uh, two quick questions, Grumpy. Well, I guess you kind of addressed it. I was wondering if you were wearing the same shirt from last week because you just haven't done laundry since, and that's maybe the cleanest shirt you have around. And also, Grumpy Old Man, I don't know who the Ramones are. Off the top of my head, I don't. Okay, you don't know the Ramones. Fantastic. They were the in- they were the innovators of punk rock. They were the first punk rock band. Uh, they were out of uh, Queens, New York, and I just thought it was apropos, you know, since the Islanders, that's where, you know, that's where uh, the Belmont Arena, whatever the heck they're going to call it, the USB Arena, uh, is going to be located right around there. I just thought we'd bring them up. Uh, they started the punk movement in 1976, uh, and they were described one time by Rolling Stone as like urban surf music, and it's perfect. Uh, they were like, uh, you know, they use four chords when they play guitar, just fast music, two to three minute ditties. Uh, you know, they had a very distinct style. I mean, this is before it was popular, right? Now, all the kids, right, wear, you know, jeans that have rips and holes in them. I mean, my mother would have get, smacked me upside the head if I was wearing jeans that had holes in them. Now kids buy them like that, if you could believe that. I mean, I don't know how much that you don't have to pay for that. I mean, how much extra do you pay to have someone put holes in your pants? I'd much rather have pants that are fully there. I mean, you know, you got to earn those holes. Not today, because the kids don't want even have to work to put holes in their pants anymore like everybody else used to do. Fine, great. Hey, no problem, right? But they also wore white T-shirts and black leather jackets. It was uh, Tommy, Joey, Johnny, and Dee Dee. Uh, and like I said, a really, really distinctive style. And what you heard was what you got from the Ramones. They had songs like I Want to Be Sedated, Sheena's a Punk Rocker, Beat on the Brat. Hold on, hold on, hold on, grumpy old man. Did you write down notes for the Ramones? I feel like you are reading down a list right there. I'm reading down a couple of songs because I I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I got all of them. I I put a couple on there, Beat on the Brat, Teenage Lobotomy, Rockaway Beach, uh, Rock and Roll High School, which is not one of my favorites, uh, but it was probably like their biggest song. Um, And then, you know, now I want to sniff some glue. I mean, those are just some of the ditties that – that the Ramones put out. I mean, they were a fantastic band back then. I know a couple of members have passed away, but uh, as they say in Blitzkrieg Bop, Bop, sorry, Blitzkrieg Bop, hey ho, let's go. So let's go with the podcast now, TJ. God almighty, three Woo! minutes place that will never get back, grumpy old man. <laughs> I'm going to educate you and the people. 
Oh, gosh. Um, there has been a lot of Islanders news here as of recent. I will tell you this much, Grumpy Old Man. Do you remember, it wasn't too long ago, when we were talking about the Islanders creating and crafting their roster that they wanted to have for the NHL bubble in the playoffs this year, and we were left scratching our head as to why Kiefer Bellows participated in the practices leading up and looked like he was going to definitely be a surefire answer as to to being a part of the lineup, right? Lou Lamarillo came out and said, we're going to bring X many skaters, this many forwards, this many defensemen, this many goalies. And he didn't bring one of those forwards. And oh my gosh, grumpy old man, you and I were tearing into him left and right. Does he not know how to count? Does he not remember? Um, I'll tell you this much, grumpy old man. It all has now made sense, right? He violated performance-enhancing drug rules or something like that via the AHL, and that was actually his penalty. So <laughs> that was that was the punishment he had to pay, was he was not allowed to participate in the NHL playoffs. Why didn't they just come out and say that? Why didn't they just come? You mean you know it's going to get out eventually anyway. Instead of letting people like you and I uh, say things like, you know, what the heck are they doing? Just come out and be honest, right? They don't know. We don't need all the cloak and dagger stuff. Just say, you know what? We didn't keep him because the kid was obviously training for the offseason program. Maybe he didn't think hockey was coming back. This, the uh, Whatever he was using didn't have a chance to clear out of his system. Who knows? I will say this much. I don't care. Um, it definitely did originally leave me scratching my head. But I – it's a non-answer. I like the I like the way Lou Lamarillo responded to it because they asked some specific questions. He said, <laughs> you know, he was given a punishment and that was the end of it. We have no further comment. I'm and I heard that. I'm like, that's old school. I do like those type of responses definitely uh, because you don't have to feel like you need to elaborate upon it. Uh, a lot of players, not really in hockey, but a lot of players use performance enhancing drugs in the off season. Um, they're not getting tested as often, etc. And does it shock me at all that he popped or was tested positive? Uh, no, I'm honestly shocked. But hockey players, for the most part, you don't really see a lot of the performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, I, honestly, steroids in sports doesn't bother me at all. I could care less. I mean, the, the players are only hurting themselves, honestly, in the long run. Um, it is what it is. I don't care. And hopefully he has a shot to make the team next year. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, I you'd have to think he does, um, but it was not only that happened this week, grumpy old man. We had the NHL draft, and I'm be honest with you, um, Islanders really didn't make any trades or big moves at the day of the draft, uh, and that was kind of to be expected. I mean, the maximum maybe we were going to see is if we move somebody off our current roster, maybe we pick up a little bit of draft capital. Um, but in the same token, uh, we didn't really do much, and our first pick was in the third round, grumpy old man, um, and. I'm going to let you pronounce his name because I butcher it all the time, Grumpy. Okay. Alexander Lundkrantz is his name. Uh, he was, you know, hey, it's a typical Lou Lamarillo pick. He was projected to go like maybe in round six or seven. So we drafted him a third round. Uh, a lesser version of the Simon Holmstrom debacle from last year. No reason. And here's the thing. What, what type of player is he, right? He's a grinder. Third, fourth line player. Okay, don't we have enough of those? What do we need on this team? Some high-end talent, right? I'm just saying. I, I I don't know. Why not take a flyer? If you're going to take a flyer on somebody, take a flyer on somebody who can produce goals. That's what I would do. Oh, Grumpy. I, if you could I, think, have, I think you're being relatively facetious a little bit right here. Uh, I'll be honest with you. When you look up the original profile, 
yeah, sure, maybe he wasn't one of the highest-rated scavengers in Europe. I think he was like around 60, late 60s, maybe early 70s. He was, you know, projected maybe in the 200s. Terrific. Yeah, maybe does it look like on paper you overdrafted him? Sure. I will tell you one thing about the NHL. That is a league, especially when you are getting later on in the drafts, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. You see a lot of curveballs thrown, and players who shouldn't be drafted in certain spots are drafted in that spot. I can't tell you uh, as to the rhyme and reason as why it happens, but that's a sport where it always happens year after year. I think it's because there's so many different leagues, and they all are on all different levels. So it's really tough. When you're talking about evaluating talent, NHL and evaluating hockey talent is very, very tough. Um, compared to like evaluating talent, football and basketball, things of that nature. I just feel like there's a lot of different levels and leagues across the world. Yeah, and the fact that the kids are all 18 years old. But still, if the consensus is that uh, a certain player is going to go in, you know, Central Scouting Bureau, that's like the Bible to these NHL GMs, right? I mean, the absolute Bible. And you got a guy who's 60 in Europe? I mean, I, I'm just saying they overdrafted him. They did not have to pick him there. I'm sure there were other players. And like I said, I didn't really bone up on this year's draft since we didn't have a pick until number 90. And uh, I just don't have time to, you know, look 90 or – well, here's in this case, you know, 200 spots down in the draft to find out our third-round pick. I didn't have time for that. Oh, I'm going to be honest with you, grumpy old man. I try to position it like this. Your team is composed of a whole bunch of different players. You're not every single player is not going to be a first line player. It's just not the case. You're going to need you're going to need bottom six forwards. You're going to need bottom six defensemen. That's just how it works. And if you're telling me, hold on, Grumpy, before wipe that smirk off your face, I haven't said anything. Man. I'm waiting. For I'm you just to telling you to wipe that smirk off your face, Grumpy. That's all I'm telling you. Um, if you were to tell me if we can get a guy as a bottom six forward who can contribute for five or six years in the third round, you would be unsatisfied with that pick. I'm not saying it's the greatest pick in the world, but if a guy can contribute there as a bottom six forward for five or six years in the NHL, I would, I'm not dissatisfied with the pick. That's for, that's for sure, especially with the style that we play. Okay. We are loaded with bottom six players. What do we not have any of? Top six players. That's what we need. Hold on, Grumpy. When you're drafting, you're not looking at your team right now. You're looking at your team three, four, five years down the road. That's silly. It's the same thing you do with recruiting and drafting. I mean, like with the NFL, it's a little different. Same thing with the NBA. When you're drafting for hockey, it takes a long time for these players to develop. You're looking three, four, five years down the road. It's just Obviously, you draft for needs, but still, you're looking further on down the road than right this second. You don't have that myopic view zoomed in on what's happening tomorrow. It's a wide, it's a wide picture. Okay. All I'm saying is we don't have any high-end talent on our on our roster except for one player and none in the minors except for potentially one player. We are bereft of talent, period. We don't have any goal scorers in this organization. I mean, unless we just want to score 40 goals a year and hope that we shut out teams 40 times and then, you know, who knows about the rest – we need high-end talent. How long can you live without anyone going to put the goal in the net? How many pucks do we put in the net? How many how many goals are these guys going to score? I mean, I don't know. But here's the thing. If they're not high, if they don't have a shot to be goal scorers, bottom six guys are a dime a dozen. They are a dime a dozen. We don't pay them like that, but they are a dime a dozen. That's that's what the young players are and guys on the tail and guys who cannot produce are bottom six players. Oh, hold on. We need hold on. Hold on, Grump. Hold on. Look at who our head coach is. Just take a look. It's Barry Trotz. Bottom six is very, very important role in the Barry Trotz system. 
they're not a dime a dozen in the Barry Trot system. They might be a dime a dozen for the majority of NHL coaches around the league because they played like five, six, seven, eight minutes a game. They're not playing a lot of ice time. Our bottom six plays 13, 14, sometimes even 15 minutes a game, grumpy. So the bottom six on our particular team has to be able to play the penalty kill, has to be able to go ahead and actually serve meaningful minutes. They have to be able to shut down top offensive lines. Our bottom six is way different than anybody else's bottom six across the league. And when you talk about overdrafting a guy, the point I was trying to make that I guess didn't hit and resonate is even if you overdraft a guy later on in the draft, if you feel like he's your guy, you have to pick him. It's really tough to say, oh, we reached too much on a guy that late. It's easier to say when you're in the first round, maybe even the second round, if you go wildly off the board, you know, you'll leave me scratching my head. Third round kind of gets fair game. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, I, you can draft anybody. I don't care where really they're placed. It just depends on what your evaluation is. You want to think that they've got the right guys in actually evaluating these players, right? Okay, well, here's the thing. If I'm going to reach – I'm reaching on a high-end talent guy, not a bottom six grinder. Bottom oh. six, you can get a bottom six grinder is you can get a bottom six grinder anywhere. It doesn't matter. They don't even need to be drafted. You just pick them up from for teams that drop them. Derek Broussard, right? He used to be a high-end player. What did he turn into at the end of his career? A bottom six grinder. Those are the type of guys you can pick up, you know, just as streety free agents. You don't draft guys like that high. If you're, you're trying to infuse talent into your roster, you're trying to. At least I think that's what they're trying to do. I mean, I don't know. I'm, and this thing, I'm not even unhappy with the pick, but if I'm going to reach on a player, I'm going to reach on somebody that gives me something that, you know, we can't get anywhere else, like a goal scorer. I'd love to reach for a goal scorer just once, like Al Arbor did with Mike Bossy, right? I mean, that's what you do. Here's, here's my thing, grumpy old man. How many guys can you say in this year's draft that were drafted beyond 90th overall are guys you say, this guy's high-end offensive talent? Can you list them off, Grumpy? I like our fifth-round pick better than our third-round pick. That's what I'm saying. Go for it. That's the kid. I like that kid. At least he shows – I mean, he was a high – he was highly rated in the Quebec Major Juniors, right? And he really turned his, his game around at the tail end of the season and started scoring, uh, scoring quite a few goals in that league. I mean, that's the type that's that's if you're gonna take a, a, a flyer on a guy, that's the type of guy you take a flyer on, not a grinder. I don't want to take flyers on grinders. You know what? I heard they were thinking about drafting me in the fifth round. No, Grumpy. They're never gonna think about drafting you. They probably here's the thing. If they had a first round pick, that's where I was going. I would have been <laughs> over drafting too. <laughs> a grumpy old man. Uh the fourth over the fourth selection we had, or I'm sorry, the fourth round pick we had, uh Alex Jeffries. Uh, when I saw this young man selected, I looked at him and I was like, oh, wow, he's young. You could just tell by looking at him. You know, some players look really young. I remember when Noah Dobson was selected, I saw him. I was like, oh, wow, he is definitely a young boy. He's got a lot of development left to do. So it's, um, you know, I I don't really have much to say. I honestly, right, he played in the Connecticut High School Hockey League. Um Again, like it's really tough when you're looking at and evaluating these type of talents. They say he's a good he's a good skater. He's got you know what do you say that higher end offensive talent certainly. Um, so, but he's definitely a guy who's going to be you know three four years in college at least, and then maybe a year or two in the A. So you're looking at quite a long time before you see him on an Islanders roster. Or the potential to be on an Islanders roster. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to sound too harsh on these guys. I really don't. But I mean, because when you're picking you know that late in the draft, I mean. How many of these guys really ever pan out, 
right? I mean, we have a pretty good history with our later round picks. Um, so maybe they turn it up, but you're right. Uh, Jeffrey's kid looks like he's about 13 years old. Uh, you know, he's not anytime soon. I always love anytime. It's weird to say it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird way to say this, but anytime the Islanders draft a kid that looks extremely young, I always have that idea of maybe the kid's not even physically mature. So what we're seeing on the ice still has a chance to improve his physicality, his strength, his skating ability. Anytime I see a guy who looks very, very young in the face, I always think he's always got a lot of extra room to grow. Yeah, I mean, for certain. And that boy certainly does. I mean, he's he made Noah Dobson look like uh, he's a grizzled vet when he came out. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a very young – he's a very young guy. And I am rooting for him. I really am, um, you know. And then we had our last two picks right from Finland. Well, we had we didn't even talk about William DeFore, which you kind of talked a little bit about, grumpy old man. But you're right; he was originally a highly, a highly touted and uh, highly picked player in the QMJHL uh, uh, draft early in the first round. Um, had a little issue; he bounced around a little bit from team to team until he found himself on Drummondville, and he kind of seemed to find his niche a little bit. The biggest knock on him: he is a guy who does have that high end ability to score. They say he's extremely talented, and we did get him grumpy. So I know you mentioned I wish you would have picked him earlier or guys like that. We no, did no. hold on, Grumpy. We still did get him in the fifth round, though. Yeah, no, what I was saying is if I'm going to take a flyer on a guy, I'd much rather take a flyer on a guy who gives us, like, a high-end offensive talent, which we're lacking. That's the type of guy. And I just I just use him as an example uh, because, you know, the way, the way that I look at it. And here's the thing. He was supposedly rising on draft boards within the last month or so. And it, it was actually a surprise that he dropped. Here's the thing. When you go on the NHL network and, you know, they highlight the picks of all the guys who come up and you don't have any highlight package for your third round pick, guess what? That's a reach, boys and girls. It certainly is. They had highlight packages on number four and five, but nothing on number three. <laughs> um, yeah. And I understand that grumpy old man. Uh, but you talked about the four. Um, he does struggle a little bit on the defensive side of the puck. Not really a shock there because he is he's a guy, and that's, I think, why he moved around a little bit. But you wonder, if he was able to play and coronavirus didn't happen, you wonder how much higher he could have gone just because he was really starting to click there with Drummondville. And if, you know, during the actual uh, playoffs, you wonder how much that would have elevated his game and rose his draft stock. So that's a guy definitely where you, uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on him. And he's a big kid, too. I mean, he's a big kid. So, uh, you know, I, I have no problem with that pick whatsoever. And like I said, they're boys. I mean, they're all boys. Yes, they're 18-year-old men, but they're boys still. And that's why the NHL draft is really such a crapshoot compared to other sports. And you can get guys like Dotsuk in the ninth round and Zetterberg and Neil, you know, whatever round he was drafted in. But, uh, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. But I, I liked his talent, um, you know, just what I saw of him. Like I said, uh, admittedly, I have not seen any of these players play. So it's just me reading things, what other people happen to say about them. Uh, but when the consensus is certain things, uh, you know, you just kind of go with that. And uh, also with uh, Dalfour, they said that, uh, you know, one of the issues with him was he needs to learn the 200-foot game. And, you know, let's see if we can suck the, any offensive skill out of him and turn him, him into a third and fourth wing grinder. <laughs> Oh, grumpy old man. Back at it again. I'll tell you. Uh, Sixth-round pick was Mateus Raja Niemen, uh, defenseman, 6'4", one of the youngest players actually eligible for this year's draft. Um, 
I will tell you this much about defensemen. The Islanders have an uncanny knack of finding defensemen who can contribute on our roster in later rounds. Yeah. So I and and when we're talking about these guys, I haven't really watched much but a highlight clip here or there. It's really tough to get a hold of a guy when you're watching a highlight clip because ideally that's going to be the best footage they have. So you don't really get to see the warts or any of the ugly sides. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, what you're getting in the sixth and seventh rounds, you know, who knows? Uh, now I know we picked a goalie in the uh, seventh round. Um from Finland also. So maybe they just said, Hey, let's give the Finnish guy something to call here in the draft. Uh, and they drafted the, the biggest thing that I've heard about him is he's six foot eight. And I figured maybe they said, since we didn't resign uh, Soderstrom uh, to a restricted free agent uh, qualifying offer, and we had his pads, which are pretty big, let's draft another big goalie. Maybe that's the way we signed him. Who knows? Henrik Tikkanen is the, is the young man's name. And, you know, goalies i feel like if you're a goalie especially if you're drafted by the islanders you have to love the fact that you might have one day the opportunity to work with uh mitch corn and pierre greco so i've always thought you know that's that's something very appealing for a young man like that he is big that's for sure and i saw him even in the net i'm like wow it looks like he's it looks like he's skin and bones too you know like some goalies they look like they fill out the pads a little more than others he looks like he's just skin and bones underneath right now (laughs) he's 18 years old I mean, and he's six foot eight. How fat is how big is he gonna be? I mean, he's not. You know, here's the thing. I'm a big believer in drafting a goalie every year, somewhere, because you never know which one's gonna pan out, especially goalies. It takes them a long time to develop. And, you know, I, I mean, I trust our goalie coaches. I really do. That's that's the one. I mean, you're gonna hear me rip a lot on Islander management and staff and certain things, but you never hear me rip on their goalie coaches because they have done the job for many, many years and continue to do so. Yeah, grumpy old man. I do. I do agree with you on that point. Um, and you know, when you're kind of moving a little bit away from the NHL draft, um, free agency started. Right, <laughs> three big news pieces for the Islanders uh, within a week. Yeah. Before we get into that, I just wanted. I know uh, one of your all-time favorites, Otto Koivula, was loaned out um, this week also. So. Um, you know, I know that's a little. Now, I believe he can be recalled at any time, just like Wallstrom and uh and holmstrom but uh he was sent to uh, he was loaned out to play finland for hikf uh hockey in finland's la liga whatever so i don't know i don't know which remember yeah well number one that's who used to play before he went over to bridgeport grumpy old man remember they're loaning out a lot of these guys because the ahl season doesn't start till later on so that's what's happening they're actually getting legitimate playing time elsewhere before they're able to come back to bridgeport and I think that's a great idea, and I'm going to give Lou Lamarillo credit for that. Uh, good news. Yeah, again, I don't think it's so much Lou. I think the players are also actively looking to go play, right? I think that's the same exact team he used to play for before joining the Bridgeport Sound. Yeah, but the, Island, the Islanders still need to work out a loan agreement with these teams. So, I mean, I think I just think that's a good idea. I think that's a good – that's one thing that Lou's doing well. I mean, he's not doing anything else, so but he's doing that. Oh, grumpy old man. I'll tell you, it's something else. Uh, but free agency started. Uh, grumpy, honestly, the things you say sometimes, I can't even get back to you on everything because I, I I give up at some points, grumpy old man, because it's so – I know you smile with that smirk, smirk grin on your face, grumpy yeah. old man. Well, you're right. Free agency has started for all the other teams except for the Islanders. That has not started yet. Um, uh, oh, nice underwear, TJ. I like it. It's not underwear. These are some sleep pants. Okay. 
All right. I got my sleep pants on, but I make sure it looks somewhat, uh, somewhat presentable up top, right? Okay, very good, very good. I mean, I just don't want to see a butt shot from you again. I'm sorry, I don't want to see that. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, free agency started for all the teams around the league except for the Islanders. Uh, we did lose Thomas Grice to Detroit. I know there was Andrew Gross posted a rumor that perhaps they were looking to keep Grice and trade Varlamov, uh, perhaps to free up some salary cap. But uh, that didn't work out. I mean, I think you see and you saw in free agency all the goalies went first, right? It was like musical chairs with the goaltenders this year. Lundqvist goes to Washington after the Rangers bought him out. You had Matt Murray get traded to Ottawa. They gave him a $6.25 million a year deal. Wow. I guess you got to get to the salary cap floor, right? Uh, you look at uh, who else left. Uh, Markstrom is gone. Holtby went to Vancouver where he's going to share time with uh, uh, the who's, – who's the Thatch, Thatcher Demko there? Uh, well, I think, yeah, I think Thatcher Demko, obviously, they have the yeah. idea that he's going to be the guy uh, long term. But I'll tell you one thing. If you're telling me that you've got a guy like Braden Holtby backing up Thatcher Demko or, you know, however that's going to translate and play out, I mean, that's a pretty strong goalie combination, that is for sure. Outstanding. I mean, I thought that was a good signing by Vancouver. Uh, and it was only a two-year deal. I mean, boy, you can't do anything better than that. But what are we seeing, though? Uh, well, I, the reason I think he got such a cheap deal there, grumpy old man, is because he's coming off of you know one of the worst seasons in his career. So you know he's looking to go ahead. That's, that two year deal is kind of like a prove it deal, in my opinion, for him. And it's the flat cap, also. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. As soon as that cap starts to open up again, I think he you know he's going to be a free agent, and that's when he's hoping, hopefully, vying to get a little bit more more cash in that deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? He has to he has to be on prove it deal, honestly, for the next couple of years. Uh, I was surprised at the deal that Markstrom got, honestly. I mean, he did parlay a big playoff into, I believe it was a six-year deal for him, which I was really surprised, honestly. But you saw all the goalies move first, right? You look at Krug, he went to uh, St. Louis. So what does that mean? That probably means that uh, Petrangelo's gone, right? Yeah, I, I would I would have to agree. So, right, you don't bring in a guy like that. You hope to play, you know, a top four defenseman role, <laughs> and bring Peter Angelo back. So, good luck. I mean, I don't I don't know how what their cap situation is, but think about this now, right? The two biggest fish in free agency are still out there: Taylor Hall and Alex Petrangelo. They're both out there, and do you wonder the longer that he goes, do you think Lamarillo perhaps? tries to free up some cap space to bring in Taylor Hall? I don't know. Maybe. Well, we do have a lot of comments here in the section, grumpy old man. Um, Alexander said, now this is a while ago, but I wanted to kind of get through a little bit about what happened with our draft and a little bit about Kiefer Bellows. But he says, what is taking Lou Lamarillo so long to unload salary to get Hall or to trade for line A to pair one of them up with Matt Barzal? Starting to get a little impatient. <laughs> I mean, what did he say? I want to bring. Well, no, no, no. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this much. And Paul answered it as I think we kind of do so as well. You know, it's a tough market. There was no cap increase, and there won't be for the next year after this one either. And then, you know, we're looking now three years down the road. You get a one million dollar increase there in the cap. I mean, that really. If you didn't have a lot of open available cap space, you were kind of you're going to be in tough times and. Uh, the Islanders went ahead and, um, you know, they're going to go ahead and go through arbitration, it looks like, with Josh Hosang, um, Devon Taves. As what, 
I'm sorry, they gave him a qualifying offer also. They gave they did give qualifying offers to uh Hosang. Yeah, I'm just telling you, okay, uh grumpy old man. I think it was that they are still gonna go through arbitration with those players. Okay. okay. And I'm talking I this happened I I mean like minutes ago. Uh yeah, they elect to do salary arbitration with Ryan Pulak, Devontae, and Josh Hosang. Wow. So this 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 is about an hour ago. Or maybe maybe about a few minutes ago I got the update on my phone. Well, I, I think that's so that they don't lose them. I think that's the reason. I mean, it's what the player. So, so are you trying to say that that the Islanders are not going to try to negotiate deals with them? Or? No, 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 grumpy old man. That just means that they're they're going to try to go ahead and qualify him as a restricted free agent. They don't want to go ahead and sign the huge deals at the moment, is what that means. Or it looks like Matt Barzal. They might try to give a deal, obviously, that lasts further than that restricted free agency time period. I don't know. We'll see how everything unfolds, grumpy old man. Um, not well, really a big shock there, right? We haven't seen much moving and shaking off the Islanders' current roster. And the way things are designed right now, we might not. We might not see a lot of big changes coming up to the actual composition of the roster. I don't think we are. Well, here's the thing. If you try to if you go to arbitration with Devon Taves, I believe that he'll be a unrestricted free agent if he signs a one-year deal next year, right? Why would you not move him if you have no interest in signing him long term? I mean, I, how long you? It's it's the thing that I hate that Lamarillo does. We're going to sign overage vets to long term big money deals, but the younger guys who are the lifeblood of the team and the future of the team, well, you know what? We're going to play hardball with them, and I just don't believe in well, that. Well, hold on, Grumpy. I think everybody's going to have to start playing hardball with these younger players as of right now. The cap stayed flat. We just talked about it in one sentence just a minute ago. I think it stays true with it does for the young players as it does the older players, right? The cap staying flat hurts everybody. Well, you know what? You know what? It actually doesn't hurt one particular class of people. It doesn't hurt the NHL owners. <laughs> <laughs> no, Those are the only people it doesn't hurt in the, in the okay. short term. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. If they're not playing the full stadiums every night, they're losing money too. I mean, for certain, out of all the major sports, the NHL is the most dependent on uh, – Ticket revenue. Abso absolutely. Well, I'm saying in this particular regard, the cap staying flat did not hurt the NHL owners. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that not having fans in the stands doesn't hurt them because most certainly it does. I'm just saying the cap staying flat doesn't hurt them. You're going to have to move some of the veterans, even if it's guys you don't necessarily want to move. You're going to have to move them to get some cap relief. I'm going to tell you again, Josh Bailey. He's a, I mean, he his value is never going to be higher than it is right now. He makes a fairly manageable amount of money. If you could move him and move his five million dollars a year off, maybe that frees up where you can sign a Pulak to a long-term deal. Well, maybe again, we talked about it before and two minutes of pessimist thinking says it too. sell high on Bailey. Now I like Absolutely. Josh Bailey. I think, he's, I think he's definitely a top six forward across the league for certain. Mm -hmm. And if you, the situation's tough, right? And I've tried to say this and it's, there's no real way to go ahead and answer this without, you know, having conflicting opinions upon it. But grumpy, if you trade Josh Bailey, you're saying, Hey, I'm not looking to go ahead and stay at the same level of competition that we were last season. Right, I don't think there's anybody on our current roster, unless you have greater moves and plans in place, where you say, "All right, we'll move Bailey. We'll do something else with, you know, the idea or with the tentative agreement that we'll be bringing back X Y Z player that's going to help increase that actual position." Unless you have something in place like that, 
it's really tough for me to, you know, agree with moving a guy like that, an actual contributor on our team. He's an average, he's an average winger. He's not a top line player. But here's the thing. If you want to free up money, even though you don't want to get rid of him, you might have to because his value is higher than many of the other players on this team. I mean, if you sold and here's the thing, I'm not advocating this, but you could probably get a lot for Brock Nelson too. Right. Well, that, that, that's, that's, hold on, Grumpy, that's my point, right? And again, like, too much pessimistic also says, you know, it's all downhill after 30. Speaking from personal experience, I'm 43 years old and feel like I have one foot in the grave. Wait till um, you hit 50. That's what I remember. <laughs> hey, there was a lady I used to work with when I was in my mid-40s, and she's like, oh, wait till you hit 50. And she was right. I think the day of my 50th birthday, everything started breaking down. But the grumpy <laughs> old man has made a tremendous comeback. <laughs> <laughs> grumpy old man making a tremendous comeback but you're right this is this is my point grumpy old man it's the fine line of yeah sure it's not just about being an adventure capitalist sure you could sell high on some of these assets most certainly you can you would get an unbelievable return i think for a guy like brock nelson and you'd get a very good return for a guy like josh bailey just like you would any other asset and high quality high class player on your team but in the same token you're trying to win stanley cups okay you can't, okay. You can't hold on hold on hold on grumpy old man stop before you get riled up right who led the team in points? Who led the team in points this year in our Stanley Cup playoff run? I could care less if the king of the secondary assist. I could care less if the king of the secondary assist had points in the playoffs. What did he do in the last round against Tampa? Absolutely nothing. He resorted back to the pumpkin that he is. Here's the thing. Josh Bailey is never going to have the value he has right now. It's the, it's the highest value he's ever had his whole career. But he's not the future of this team. And neither is John, and neither is Brock Nelson or Anders Lee or Jordan Eberle or any of the old players. It's the young guys of the future of this team. We are not ready to win a Stanley Cup. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Grump, Grump, this is what I'm trying to tell you, right? I understand. Get back on that little treadmill, the treadmill of mediocrity. Oh my God, Grumpy. I feel like you're about to have a heart attack doing that too quickly real quick. <laughs> Actually, my blood pressure is really good. I just didn't have my annual physical, and my BP was, like, fantastic. It was, like, I don't know, like 100 over 70. Great. You want to know the funny thing about it? My blood pressure, when I went to the doctor, they were asking me questions about – because it was – I mean, quick aside. They were asking me questions about, you know, do I feel like I'm going to pass out when I stand up? My blood pressure was really low. It was like 110 over 40 or something. I don't know. I don't know much about blood pressure. I just know they say it was very, very low, and they said they might have to start paying closer attention to it. And I said, okay. What What was your blood pressure? Oh, you know, don't quote me. I think it was like 110 over 40. I don't know. Okay, Grumpy. it wasn't I just, over 40. I'm going to guess. I swear, I swear it was over 40 or 40-something, 40 Grumpy, old man. No. We're going to have to bring the medical records on here next next podcast, Grumpy. Here's the thing. You know what? I'd like to talk to fiance. I mean, she's uh, – Almost, she's almost a doctor now, and I guarantee you, she's not going to say your BP was one ten over forty. She saw she it. And she was like, really low on the bottom end. In my defense, she saw it and said, "This can't be right." And I said, "That's what they told me." So maybe the person who took it did it wrong. I don't no, know. I think you remembered it wrong. That's what I'm saying. I most certainly could do that. I'm not going to rule anything out of the equation. <laughs> Obviously, she didn't care. So maybe she's got life insurance on you already. I've already got life insurance, Grumpy Old Man. My job offers that. It's nothing crazy or anything like that, but it's free life insurance policy, so I'll take it. Who's your beneficiary? Is it is it your fiance? Uh, I honestly can't even remember who I put down. I signed up for about over a year ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she probably. All I, I, no I can do is scoff at you at this point. 
I don't. It's it was. It's not a lot. The life insurance policy is not a lot, Grumpy old man. We're not talking about this, though, Grumpy. We got to get back to Islanders. I'll tell you that much, though, Grumpy. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, but right. Think about it. If you could, let's say you could move a couple of those parts to get a Patrick Line, for example. Well, here's my thing, that. right? If you're if you're looking to move, I, I would much rather move a guy like Jordan Eberle or a guy like. Anders Lee didn't have a great year last year, but I ideally I the first guy or the first top six winger I'd want to move off of this this uh, this organization the franchise would be Jordan Eberle, right? He signed to a longer he signed to again another guy with a long term contract. He didn't perform last year. He left things to be desired. His offensive performance hasn't been stellar the last few years. And that's right. That's what you're looking for out of a top six guy. He's not doing it in my opinion. And I know he doesn't mesh well with Anders Lee. So I, I'm willing to concede that maybe that's hurt him a little bit. But in the same token, we're not moving Anders anytime soon. So I'm just saying, we, I mean, like moving a guy like Jordan Everly, I'm all for. I just feel like if you're moving a guy like uh, Josh Bailey, it's – yeah, sure, he has a lot of value. But what does it say to your compete level? Again, unless you have plans put in place to actually get somebody to fill that role successfully. Okay. What value does Jordan Everly have? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's great. In the perfect world, you'd want to trade a guy who's, what, 30 years old and has four more years left at five and a half million. Well, I know he's also got a new trade clause to a certain extent. I think certain teams are – I think think – well, that's that's right. That's one of the things that this – that Lou Lamarillo has been giving out like candy. These new trade clauses are modified new trade clauses. So – Again, like that, it's really tough to move people or even to get ideas as to what's going to happen about how to shape the franchise going forward when you have all these guys who have modified new trade clauses. It's the same thing with Johnny Boychuk. We talk about moving him, as do many people, right? Because he's a toxic asset. He's not part of the future of the team. He's got a modified no trade clause where he only allows to trade to eight different teams. And that's happened when he originally signed a contract. So who knows if those teams that he originally said, yes, I'll go to XYZ, even have cap space. Okay. I have a solution to the whole problem. You have a little company, a little Islander picnic. You bring the team bus and you run over half the old guys and put them all on long-term injury. I mean, that's the way you get rid of them too. Get them <laughs> off the books. I mean, Boychuk, Ladd, Everly, Lee. I'm not even going to throw Nelson because Nelson's Nelson – really performed his deal. And you know how I feel about Kroc. But honestly, he's done the job. Out of all the guys with the long-term contracts, he's the guy who's earned it. Nobody else has. I'm going to tell you, no one else has. He's done more than earned it. Lamarillo keeps on handing out no trade, no move clauses like they're candy for average, for jags, for just our run-of-the-mill players. And we just keep on doing it. It's part of his failure as a GM. Well, I think something that not a lot of people talk about, and we really haven't talked about it too much, tying up these older players, yes, it hurts. That's for sure. I mean, it's really, really tough to move them. But giving them all modified no-trade clause and no-move clauses is the most mind-blowingly terrible decision. If you could sign a guy to a contract, and you know what I mean, if the cap's going to stay relatively the same, he's already a part of your organization, then you have to entice him – to bring to give him a no trade clause, and I will say he didn't give Boychuk the no trade slash no move clause or the or the modified no trade clause that he has. Uh, that was under uh, the Gar Snow time period, or but in the same token, right? He's given players that before, and you're just thinking to yourself, hey, 
it's long term. It's not a recipe for success unless those guys are really going to perform. And I'm afraid that the guys that we have tied up aren't performing necessarily what you want them to. And they've got these modified new trade clauses. Yeah, it wouldn't bother me so much with these players, but I mean, we saw this coming last off season. We saw this. If I saw it coming and you saw it coming, how did Lamarillo not see it coming? And he just continues to make one mistake after another, signing old guys. Like I said, Scott Stevens, the Scots are ready. Need a Myron Stevens. They're ready to suit up. Maybe you give them six or seven year deals with no move clauses. I mean, I don't think they can move at all anymore anyway. Uh, Bruce says it might be a mind blowing thing to think about, but some of these guys want securities for the family and they don't want to have to worry about moving their family every three to four years. I understand that, but in the same token, it's a business. And when you're competing at the highest level, you understand that that's just one of those things that might happen. It's ideal that you want to stay with one particular team and organization if you're happy. Certainly, you don't want to have to uproot your family. But in the same token, it's a business decision. Every single one of those athletes who get involved understand that. Exactly. I mean, not the beer league, fellas. You know, here we're here to win. We're supposedly here to win a Stanley Cup, not come in, you know. I mean, and let's be honest, everything broke our way this year, and we still weren't good enough, not even close. To winning a Stanley Cup. Not Kobe, even- Kobe, this is the issue I have with you sometimes. I hate when you say we didn't have a chance. Not even close. I don't need you to throw that not even close out there because, man, that, that that's the stuff that, that ticks me off about you, Grumpy. Man, that's those little things I'm just like, oh, you're getting well, me. We we weren't, it's not that we weren't even close. We were we were close relatively, right? We made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. And, sure, if, and I, I, again, I'm going to preface this by saying if it was an entire normal season – we may have not even made the playoffs because we were struggling that much in the regular season. I'm willing to admit that. But in the same token, with a healthy roster, we were able to compete at a high level. We didn't beat Tampa, but Tampa was the best team in the NHL by a country mile. To say we weren't even close, that'd be like saying 30 other teams weren't even close. We were blown out against Tampa. Blown out. Blown out. Okay. We were six wins away from a Stanley Cup. I don't care how many games we were away. It doesn't matter. We had perfect health. Going into the playoffs, perfect health. You uh, with all the old players on a team. What are the chances of that happening again? I'd say probably zero. Right. I, I agree. It's not. Okay. It's it's very unlikely that you're going to have a completely healthy roster come the time of the NHL playoffs. I agree. You and you don't get healthier as you get older. I'm telling you from personal experience. You don't feel better the older you get. I agree. There you go. I mean, even you. Look at you. I mean, you don't even look so good. <laughs> I don't even know how you feel. I feel about half as good as I look, and so it's not. It's not. It's not good, grumpy That's old man. Good. Uh, my body's old and it's worn down. I'll tell you that much, grumpy. Yeah, I know. It's from those years of football. I understand. I mean, but you know, like I said, my whole point is, we real. All right, we got to the East Coast Conference Finals, right? We got to the you East almost Coast caught. The, you I always caught. The East I almost Coast yeah, but I caught myself. Okay, I'm not like you. I caught myself. Um, but really, could you have expected anything more than that, really? I mean, that's about as good as we could do. I agree. That's just going that far. I felt that I don't think – I think the team overachieved to get to that spot, but that was – to me, that's a successful season, us getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. I had – even though I picked the Islanders to win, in my heart I wanted them to win – but, you know, my head told me we had no shot. And at the end of the day, we had no shot. I mean, think about how many guys they had injured, and they still just really dominated us. They're just better than we are. Uh, 
Now we have, yeah, and I do agree. We have a comment, and Brush, we talked about this a little bit earlier, uh, Brush Kingstuff. Uh, very disappointed in Bellow's decision these days. He should have known better than that. I will say this much. Um, again, I played at high-level football, and <laughs> you would be shocked how many guys in the offseason at the NFL, CFL, college levels would use performance-enhancing drugs in the offseason. It's it's not as uncommon as you think, and football is a way different sport in a way different atmosphere than the NHL. You don't see a lot of NHLers, NHLers doing it, but would it shock me at all if Bellows took – the approach saying, hey, right now we don't know when we're coming back. They're not going to come out here and test us during these time periods of the coronavirus. So maybe I can just go ahead and do this to go ahead and raise up whatever type of whatever I'm working on, whether it's leg strength, explosion, power, endurance. I don't know what he was trying to go ahead and focus on during his uh, hiatus. Maybe he didn't think they're going to be testing for coronavirus or he got to camp and he tested positive. He thought whatever he was using was going to be out of his system. You would be shocked how many players actually utilize illegal drugs, and a lot of them don't even know what they're doing is exactly legal because there's so many supplements out there. It's not like it says out there, yes, XYZ is legal, XYZ is illegal. Some ask their agents, some don't ask their agents. It's a weird, it's, it's kind of odd. They usually don't ask the, uh, the team staff what they can and can't use, that's for sure. <laughs> right. I mean, but think about it, right? These guys' very livelihood depends on them performing at a maximum level. And you're right. I mean, I, you look at the NFL, right? It's an absolute joke. Does anyone even say anything when they get popped with steroids or, you know, illegal, uh, whatever, performance-enhancing drugs? No, they'll take they'll take the suspension, no problem. Their very livelihood depends on it, like I mentioned. And, you know, I don't – they're never going to put that genie back in the bottle. It's just not going to happen. I, You know what? If you want to do it, do it. I could care less. I don't think it matters uh, – I will say this, much, Trumpy. I'm not advocating for anybody to do anything like that. Two minutes of pessimistic also said it's scary what I have to detox or what I have to detox people off of. I'll leave it at that. I'll always put it like this. I never advocate for anything like that, but it's odd, right? Just like you see corruption in anything where there's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot of money to be had in professional sports. And when you go ahead and dangle that lot of money, you know, a little bit of oomph or a little bit of power, you know, I always use this example, power to, you know, hit the ball 290, 290 feet. Um, instead, you know, you get a little extra power and then you're hitting the ball 310 feet. You know, what's a, a fly ball at the uh, the warning track is now a home run. Makes it look an awful lot different. People will always go ahead and abuse that. You're right. I don't think we'll ever get the genie back in the bottle. But it is an outlier. You usually don't see a lot of hockey players using no, performance dancing yeah. drugs. And again, I don't even know what type of performance enhancing drug you use because a lot of them do a lot of different things. So I, I, we won't talk too much about it. This is not a, a steroids or... <laughs> <laughs> performance dancing drug ceremony. Uh, I'm just going to say one thing, and you're right. When it's about money, it's all about money because, you know, the NFL, why, while they say, yes, we don't want you doing this, they don't, they don't care. And they don't want to go back to the days in the 1960s and 1970s where their offensive linemen were wearing, you know, 260 pounds or a, a tackle, a big tackle is 270 pounds. Look at how much they are. Look how big they are now. Don't tell me that everyone's clean. I don't even want to hear it because they're lying. Well, I mean, you get the ways, and I'll, I'll leave it at this because I don't want to talk too much on it, but you can use creatine monohydrate. That's not an illegal supplement. You could do that to help bulk up. Um, a lot of times, I always put it like this, you shouldn't be using anything that's illegal, but a lot of people do because they want the edge. 
It's the same exact thing with sport. It's it's the same exact thing that happens in all professions. Anything sometimes anything people can do to get ahead, they do. And, you and see, I'm, I'm not saying it's right because I don't think it's right. But in the same token, it doesn't shock me when stuff like that happens. Is all right. And I've I'm, seen I'm, it happen a lot. Yeah, I'm not saying it's right. But if you see, you know, Johnny over here who's competing for your position, he's on it, and you're a better player than him. But now all of a sudden, he's doing it. He's getting competitive advantage. Well, you know what? You got to like uh, keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. Well, it's not. <laughs> I understand your point, but we won't dig too much deeper into that. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like our our uh, our unrestricted free agents were probably going to. We already lost Thomas Grice, and again, uh, lose, them lose them all, all of them gone. Goodbye. I don't want any of them back. Not a one. Goodbye. We don't need any more of those old guys back. I will tell you this much, grumpy old man. Not even Andy no. Green. Oh, again, I I I would have liked the idea of bringing Andy Green back. I would have. Where is he going to play? Unless you offload somebody else, where is he going to play? That's my thing. I would, I ideally would like to offload some of the defensemen on our current roster, but you know that's looking more and more like an impossibility at this point. Now, I think maybe I. It's maybe, odd, right? Maybe the Barry Trot system is going to be let's play nine defensemen and seven or eight forwards. Maybe we'll do that. Why not do that? <laughs> we got plenty of them. Just keep on rolling defense out there. We don't want to score goals anyway. Let me ask you a question, though. If you had an option to pick up Taylor Hall or Patrick Laine, who would you pick? Now, think about it. Laine is going to cost you players and money next year. Okay, make 6.75 this year, and he's 22 years old, or a 30-year-old Taylor Hall who's just going to cost you money that we don't have. The course gets harder as the class goes on. I don't think it's as cut and dry as you make it, right, Grumpy? I think when you're looking at the way our team is composed, if we go ahead and bring on another 30-year-old guy, you know, we just add more to the age, which is something you don't like. There's no doubt that he is an extremely highly talented. He's not going to cost as much. Do what? Okay, what I would obviously like, maybe bring in a guy like Liney because he is young, can continue to grow with the team. Ideally, that's what I would like. What's more realistic for the team, though, is to go after a guy like Taylor Hall because all he's going to do is cost cap if you're able to offload some cap. I mean, again, there's a lot of big ifs. We have a lot of guys that are tied to, to long-term deals that have a lot of cap associated with that have modified no-trade clauses. It's not impossible to move those guys who have those clauses attached to them. It's just much tougher is all. Well, here's the thing. You know we can't go 10% above the cap until the NHL season starts. So, you know, I mean, so we're not we're not up against it right now. But like I said, to me, it's paramount to get your younger players signed to long-term deals. I I would not I would not move for Taylor Hall in this instance. We don't need another guy in his 30s getting a long-term deal. And here's the thing: Liney's going Liney's going to be in the same situation next year that everyone's in this year with the flat cap. He's not going to get an exorbitant amount as a, as a restricted free agent. I will say this much. Regarding both players, I think the biggest question that the – if we're, we're seriously looking, if the Islanders are seriously looking to bring one of those two candidates in, the most important question is which man is going to be more susceptible to take up the, the Barry Trotz's defense-first mentality. Who is going to make sure they sell out and play a full 200-foot 200, 200 game? Who's going to go out there and play defense just as hard as he plays on the offensive side of the puck? And if Taylor Hall wouldn't commit to it or Patrick Liney wouldn't commit to it, he, it doesn't matter how offensively talented they are. The way Barry Trotz and the way we've seen him utilize players, 
it wouldn't fit. I mean, I, I think any player would commit to playing defense, right? Think about it. Barry Trotz got Alexander Ovechkin to commit to playing defense. That's all I'm going to leave it at right there. So, but obviously, you know, there might be a longer learning curve. Who do you think is going to pick it up the soonest and who will sell out most to play defense? That's, that's the biggest question with those two guys, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess I look at it differently. We can't score goals. We need guys who can score goals. We need a sniper, particularly on the power play. We don't have one. I mean, and I'm going to take the younger guy every day of the week. I don't want to pay for past performance. I want to pay for future performance. And that's – we just keep on paying guys ridiculous amounts of money for what they've done in the past, not what they're going to do in the future. And that's why we're in the situation we're in. I mean, I hate to beat that horse, but it is. And if you keep on going down that same road, you're never going to improve. We need now, to get better. We've talked about this too, Grumpy Old Man. We talked about this two or three podcasts ago. If one of the big-name guys like a line A or a whole – we're not after, we just don't feel we have the resources to go ahead and get them in here. There are guys who I feel like don't get the rep, but if we're able to free up a little bit of cap space, most certainly we can fit them on the roster. And again, Dadnoff is one of those guys. He is a 30-year-old. Uh, we'll go ahead and throw that one out there now. But if you look at the last three years and the ways he's performed, and again, now this is in Florida, I mean, 65 points there in 2017-18. You're looking at 70 points in 2018-19. And then in the shortened abridged season this year, he had 47 points. And again, Florida is not an unbelievably talented team. He did have some pretty good line mates out there, but it's not like he's out there playing with uh, with uh, Connor McDavid or anything like that. But he did put up points, so a guy like that might be a better, cheaper alternative option. Okay, he's playing with better players than we have on our roster in Barkov and Huberdo, without a doubt. Or more offense, more offensive acumen. I do agree. And Barkov's a good two-way center. I mean, don't sell him short. I mean, it's a it's a it's a tire fire down there, honestly. Uh, but you know, and you know, you can produce in Florida. It's a little bit different when you're playing in a hockey market. A little bit different. Well, I I think anybody who joins the Islanders always loves. They love the atmosphere. They love the community. I, I I've always said it. I feel like there's no community that's more involved and more enthusiastic about their team than the New York Islanders. We've got a cult following, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love to see. Like I said I'd love to see Line A play with Barzal. Absolutely, I think they'd be perfect together. And then you could keep your Everly. I mean, you you got to get, but you got to get rid of. We have so many forwards on long-term, no-move, no-trade contracts. It's like – and we're just not that good offensively. We're just not. It, I mean, it was mistakes by previous management and this management. They keep on signing our garbage to long-term deals when they're not going to get that anywhere else. It's just, it just, it just a recipe for disaster. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I do get that grumpy. And again, you know, two minutes of pessimistic also says it. Uh, line A is the outlet Barzal needs. I And we've talked about it before. If Matt Barzal was able to get a true sniper and a true goal-scoring winger on his line, I think really you could see something special happen. You're going to see a guy who's, you know, consistently putting up 60, 70 points a year. He, he'd be a guy that legitimately is in contention for consistently putting up more than 80 points a season. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, grumpy. I mean, I mean, I think you need a different type of forward. Maybe, maybe you move Bavillier up to that line. Then, honestly, somebody who could grind a little bit, not afraid to go after pucks. I mean, you know, Mars uh, Barzell has toughness to him. I mean, I, I think that's kind of underrated his toughness, to be honest with you, because he's such a skilled guy. 
Um, and Line A's no pussycat out there, but I think they'd need a little bit more, uh, somebody who could work the boards better with that line, honestly, if you, if you had those two guys. I don't know if Everly's the guy for that. Well, right, if you're thinking about it, I mean, if Andrews Lee's still on that line in some capacity, <laughs> no, he's, absolutely he's, not, he's absolutely not. I don't need a guy who can't skate with two guys who can. I don't need that. We've already seen what that results in nothing, a failure. Paying, paying a guy who's 30 years old now another six years at $7 million par. No move clause, no trade clause. Get rid of him. I don't care. He, you can run him over with a bus, too, at the team picnic. Uh, Roberto says, yo, I miss you guys. Now, Roberto and everybody who's listening, we come on, and what we're going to be doing here for the entire offseason until – the hockey starts back up. That's another thing we need to mention. Hockey starting back up in January is a tentative idea. But for the entire offseason, we're going to be uh, live streaming our podcast there um, on Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, so that's the best way to go ahead and find us and interact with us as we're doing this. Unless TJ's not prepared and we get on a little bit after 5 like today. The grumpy old man was ready. I've been ready to go since like Tuesday. And, you know, I'm like, come on, TJ, let's go, man. Oh. Be a couple minutes late. It must be because he had to put a new shirt on instead of wearing a tank top or no shirt at all. <laughs> Grumpy, after your woeful performance last week, I'm sure you were looking forward to this week's podcast. Uh, to correct you know, I, was, I was ready for this podcast last week because I was I was really I mean I apologize to the people who listen to the podcast because uh, last week was an absolute disaster. Which he was asleep at the switch as usual, honestly. And I had to carry the whole load. You know how it goes. I'm giving you a hard time, Grumpy. I'm That's giving fine. you a hard time. That's fine. I'm just, I'm just teasing you too because, you know, I, I hate to give TJ props at all, ever. But uh, without him, there would be no podcast. He does all the nuts and bolts, and I'm just, you know, I'm just an idiot who comments. But TJ, he, he keeps everything. Uh, he grumpy, keeps- grumpy is an old man with an attitude, some sass, and a lot of charisma. That's that's, that's that's Grumpy. I think he's got the character and the charisma down. That's what Grumpy is. <laughs> Rick Flair would say, "Woo, that's right, baby." Yeah, yeah and, and I, you know, I wanted to go back to your point. And two minutes of pessimistic also said it. Barzal is tough. There's so many times he gets hit along the boards and uh, only to come up and pop up that he's okay. He is one of those guys where if I was not an Islanders fan and the Islanders were very successful, I would absolutely hate Matt Barzal because he's so quick, he's hard to hit, and he'd be one of those guys who like just. You know, just hit him hard as you can and knock him out of the game. But he's always so elusive, and it doesn't matter how hard he gets hit, he always bounces back up, and he is chirping no matter what. He'd be one of those guys I hate to play against but love to have on my team, and I'd love to have him on the Islanders. And he's a little bit of a diver too, which would drive me crazy if he was with another team. It doesn't bother me so much because he plays for us, but, you know, I'm able to admit it. He's not afraid to take some dives. No, I'm everybody dives and you know anytime they get a stick that's loose you know they people grab it and throw it in on their body so i mean that happens across the league yeah uh, he's good at it though he's good but the referees are starting to get a little wise to it that's what happens when you if you overplay that a little bit uh you wind up that you're not going to get calls you should get but i'll tell you what he showed me something in the playoffs this year i mean he took a beating out there uh and like I said, he's the only creator we have. I, and you need to tight, tight, team him with the sniper. You really I, do. I will say one thing we also noticed from the playoffs. I think Anthony Bavillier could maybe really take the step next year. Not, maybe not be a true sniper, but he can definitely be one of those guys who's cemented in as a top six forward for a few, definitely the next few years. Well, he's a top six forward for us now, but 
The I one mean, like he could be a bona fide top six forward across the league, where it's not like he's just a top six because he's on our team. It'd be like any team could take him, and he'd be a top six guy no matter what situation. Right. What I was going to say, he needs to get that streakiness out of his game, though. He's still – and even in the playoffs he had it, right? He was real hot the first round and a half, and then he went, you know, dormant. And that's just who he is. But if he could get that out of his game and be a little bit more consistent, uh, I think that's when he takes the jump to the next level, honestly. And I like – I love Anthony Bavillier. He's a guy I would not get rid of. There's a lot of – most of the guys on this team are disposable as far as I'm concerned. They're just garbage. But – He's not one of those guys. He's a young guy. That's the type. Those are the type of guys you build around. You don't build around your Anders Lees, your Croc Nelsons, your King of the Secondary Assist guys. Those are not the guys you build around. Okay, I'm talking about building a team for the future and sustaining the team. You don't build around old fossils like that. You build around the younger players. Grumpy, I was gonna make an old joke at you because you started talking about the old fossils on the team, but it's just too easy. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna abstain. It's true. Why don't we bring Gretzky? Let's let's bring Gretzky in. What the heck? He fits our age quotient. Bring him in. He's still got talent. He's still skating stick handle. I really wonder how much talent Gretzky's still got. Maybe not with the skating, but um, you never lose your ability to shoot the puck, being in the right place at the right time. But yeah, as a hypothetical, I would love to see how he'd be able to produce still at his age. Same thing with Michael Jordan and the NBA stuff. Like I'd always wonder how those all-time greats, if you know, they just suited back up. And in a hypothetical situation, we're able to play. I would always love to see how they produce. Well, you got to see that with Michael Jordan when he played with the Washington Wizards. Uh, he sucked. So, <laughs> you know, once you lose it, you lose it. Uh, but his, I have said it before, Gretzky never could have played for this team. It, he would have been dealt off of this team. We never would have signed him back. Let's try to nickel and We would have tried to nickel and dime Gretzky until he left. Let's see if we do that with Pulak. Let's see if we do that with Taves. Let's see if we do that with Barzal. I don't know. I mean, we're gonna, we want to sign the guys. Oh, I love the Islanders. I want to be here. I don't care. If you can't play, I don't want you here. That's what a GM's supposed to do. Stop giving guys long-term – stop giving old guys long-term deals. And I want to talk – you were talking about how Anthony Bavillier is streaky, and that's one of those things. Every single year I feel like I'm telling myself, this is the year where finally he gets rid of that streaky nature. This is the year. This is the year. And I think what we've seen is a slow evolution where his first year he was unbelievably streaky. The same thing with the second. I think we're slowly starting to see some of that streakiness dissipate. It's not like it's an overnight transformation to where it's, okay, I was a very streaky player where now I'm not streaky at all. Okay. Um, you're right. Initially, his streakiness got him sent that back down to the minors, right? Yes. Uh, that's not even an option anymore. And he is, like I said, he is what he is. Some guys are just like that throughout their whole careers, and you just hope he gets hot at the right time. But he's much more consistent than he was. And I, I do believe it's an age thing. And that's and what I'm saying. I think he could still yeah. grow out of the streakiness. I'm not saying where he is is where he's capped at the moment. That's what I was trying to present. He's still young. He's still a young player. So, And like I said, he's not a guy I would move. Uh, he He's really low on the list. If you're looking at the guys I would want to move, I mean, my gosh, there's 15 guys on the team that I'd move for him. Now, you know, there have been some rumors that the Islanders have been in touch with Matt Martin, like we need like we need another old guy to play the fourth line on a long-term deal, right? Broussard, why would you be talking with Derek Broussard? I mean, unless it's like, hey, are you selling your house? I mean, I, there's no reason I want to talk to him. You know, can I get it cheap? I mean, you know, what's why would you want those guys? I, you know, Matt Martin, 
I heard rumors, maybe he'll go to the Rangers. Goodbye, go. This way you and your uh, father-in-law, Boomer, could all hang out and, you know, you can go visit him in the blue seats or whatever it is, at, uh, you know, at the Garden. Because, I, like I said, I don't want Matt Martin back. We have way too many of those, and we just drafted another, right? We just drafted our pal. He's going to be another third, fourth line guy. That's what we draft. What I else? Know, I the talent when you can bring up animators. <laughs> a grumpy, yeah, I agree. You know, Matt Martin's time as I love him as an Islander always will look back and cherish his, you know, his time with the Islanders. In the same token, you've got Ross Johnson. No need to bring in a guy who plays the same exact role again back on an extended deal. Um, and regarding Broussard, right? I'm ready to see some of the younger guys we have in our organization, you know, from Bridgeport get moved. Um, to the actual Islanders roster. And I think integrating him in maybe even as a bottom six guy like that, like, you know, Broussard was, uh, you know, he was benched occasionally during the, the playoffs, right? Yeah. So how much realistically could you be saying, yes, going forward, I want this player. He needs to be part of the solution to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, I'm kind of iffy a little bit there. Play the younger players. Don't wait to let them – don't wait to bring up to the roster when they're 25, 26. Play them when they're younger. Get them in their in their best years, not when their career is on the downside. I mean, I just – I don't understand I – honestly, I don't understand that mindset. I know he wants to bring everybody back, but bringing everybody back just means we're not going to win Stanley Cup because we're not good enough. Sorry, we are not good enough to win a Stanley Cup with this team. Just not. Unless all the other teams bow out. That's the only thing we have. No other shot. I mean, I, I mean, what about what about Comet? You know, they're bringing him back, right? You know, he's going to. You mean Komarov, right? You can't use the nicknames, Grumpy Old Man. You got to go ahead and give us give us what who you're actually talking about. We can't have Butch over here telling us Kami, Kami Komarov. You got to tell Komarov. If anyone doesn't know who Kami is, they're not Islander fans. That's all I have to say. Uncle Leo. That's who. That's how you address Komarov. Hey, he's Kami in my house. Is he from Russia? <laughs> Isn't he Russian? Kami Komarov. I don't know. Comrade. Uh, comrade. Comrade. He was, hey, he was good. He was good in his day five or six years ago. Those days are long. He, all right. He can't handle the puck anymore. He cannot handle the puck. He just can't. <laughs> I, he, you saw it in the playoffs. He had no puck. A guy coming. Ah! I mean, it was it was over. He can't handle the puck. He can't skate. Finland. Komarov is from Finland. Thank you, Jesus. Because I knew as soon as you said it, I always thought Komarov was from Russia. But I'm like, every time I always look at him, he's not actually from Russia. We're getting the comments are flooding us. Finland, not Russia, not Russian. Okay. I, know, <laughs> I know if it's I know he's not from Russia. I know he's not from Russia, but it plays into the commie thing. I'm sorry. Remember, communists were like they were like the enemy of the people for the United States back in the 80s. Now, not so much, I guess. But you know, back then they were certainly no one like communists. But you know, so that's why his name was Kami, Kami Komarov, because I don't like him. Uncle Leo, that's 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 how we go. That's how we refer to him. Um, but Brish also said uh, he feels a little hesitant um, for Line A just because he is has some issues in the locker room. I, and this is how I always position it. If we didn't have an extremely strong, close-knit team, that would be an issue, certainly. I'd be very worried about it. And it's always easier when you have a very, very good community. What do they say? It takes a, it takes a whole community to raise a kid? I don't know. I don't care about that. Well, I'm, I, I mean, I'm using that as a reference, right? It takes a village. 
village. There you go. It takes a, I messed it up. I knew I'd mess at least one of those up every single podcast. Well, hey, you messed up a lot of things on this podcast. So, I mean, what's another one? It doesn't really matter, does it? But you're right. I mean, I think our locker room and our leadership uh, members are certainly strong enough. I, you know, a lot, I think a lot of that stuff is overrated too. I think teams like to leak that sometimes when things aren't going well, and maybe he does have issues, but you're right. I think the leadership group for us is certainly strong enough to take care of any of that. I don't hear, I haven't heard what he has character issues. I think he's had problems sometimes with ice time and stuff like that. But remember a guy who's scoring that many goals should be on your first line. I mean, I, you know, I just, I just, I don't put too much into, too much stock in that. Yeah, grumpy old man. The guy who's, got, the guy who's had uh, issues in the past with locker rooms is Mike Hoffman. You know, Mike Hoffman has it, and it's, I always position the same exact way. Yeah. Um, and he's still available. So. Yeah, I was about to say, if for teams that if you don't have a really, really strong nucleus and core around, certainly taking a guy who does have some character issues like a Mike Hoffman, um, it's, it's almost a you can't do it. You know what I mean? It's it's a, it could be death to your team and organization. But when you have a strong community and a strong locker room, you can definitely go ahead and overcome some of that issue because they get indoctrinated. They think, all right, this is part. Oh, Mike Hoffman also went to Edmonton. Thank you, two minutes of pessimist thinking. It has been such a fast moving NHL free agency. It's tough to keep track of where everybody is at the moment. I mean, I mean, I don't know what he got, but I'm going to assure you it was a dumb move for Edmonton. They just make a lot of dumb moves. Edmonton, I, I, that's one of those teams and organizations I just never understand what they're doing. They got a it's, bad GM. They have the Lou Lamarillo of the Great White North, I guess. Oh, uh, stop, Grumpy. They've got the Gar yeah, Snow that, of the Great White North. That was, that was a cheap shot. That was a cheap shot. It was, it was, it was a Lamarillo cheap shot. Did, that was a cheap shot because Lamarillo doesn't do anything. So that was a cheap shot. At least their GM does something. <laughs> oh, Grumpy old man. Yeah. He's still in rare form even this late in the podcast, an hour in. I love it, Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I just and I didn't I didn't want Mike Hoffman anyway. Another guy who's on the wrong side of thirty. Uh, players don't get better after they're thirty years old. They just don't. They just don't. And you know, to think that that guys like that are going to get better, and that's why it drives me crazy when I see the Everly sign those deals or the Lees, and to a lesser extent Brock Nelson. I mean, let's be honest, Brock Nelson is not going to. He's not going to age well either on that deal, um, but with my boy Brock Nelson. Yeah, don't you? I'm just saying we've already seen that Anders Lee is definitely not going to live up to his contract. He's already he's already underperformed his deal, and he's not getting any better. I think, I think it's an issue with his linemates. I don't think it's so much an Anders Lee issue, even though I think he missed a few opportunities last year. He does not bode well with Matt Barzal. Where he both he was much more successful with Jonathan Tavares. He does a a terrific job of sitting, um, screening the goalie, and being able to redirect shots and passes into the net. And honestly, if we're looking at it from that point of view, how many of those chances and opportunities legitimately has he had playing on the map bars all line? He used to have a plethora of those when playing with with John Tavares. He hasn't had as many opportunities and options like he has with with John Tavares as he does with map bars all. He's better when he's with Nelson and Bailey because their style is more conducive to him. It's slow and dumb and usually, uh, you know, where, you know, I just, he, you're right. He doesn't fit with Barzal. We've, we've had that conversation numerous times as well. Uh, you know, and he was a product 
of John Tavares, just like Parento and Poso and Molson and ad nauseum. I mean, John Tavares made players around him better. Um, Matt Barzell, to a certain extent, does, but you have to play a certain style. Well, John Tavares made all of his wingers better. You put, I mean, and they did. They put garbage on the first line. Josh Bailey played with them. They put yeah. garbage. They put garbage on the first line, and they, everybody pretty much produced for, with him. I mean, that's that's just. I mean, hey, let you know as much as I know you hate, uh, you know. Uh, John Tavares, because he left the Islanders, it doesn't uh, – you cannot deny the talent that he had and his ability to make uh, average players better because he's certainly done that. And he's even in Toronto. I mean, you think he's really – Mitch Marner plays with him and Marner's game has taken off playing with him as well. He's. I mean, here's the thing. He's a, he's a really good talent. He just is. Yeah, I, I won't disagree with that. And he always regardless, did make – Regardless of his choice of pajamas. He always did make players around him better. Two minutes past mistake, he says, correction, I can't confirm the Hoffman signing with Edmonton just yet. Maybe he's being rumored to go to Edmonton. I don't know. It, free agency is always such a volatile time period. I'm bound to mess up where free agents have gone at least three or four times until all the dust settles because there's so many moving parts. That's for sure, Grumpy. But usually the first guys to go, right, are the big names, right? And that's why this year is just – it's so interesting. All the goalies went first. But that was number one was the goalies. Then you're seeing defense. I just think it's really, really strange. A lot of the goal scorers, because here's what, why, right? They demand more money and teams don't have the money. So it's, it's, more, it's more important right now to be able to fill the roster and the actual roles than to get a guy who might, you know, be that last piece you need to put you over the top. You have to have the roster put together to get that last piece to put you over the top. Right. I just, like I said, and I tell you what, I'm afraid the longer it goes, it wouldn't surprise me if Taylor Hall gets a little ringle ingle jingle from uh Larrap and Lou there, perhaps, if he could free up some space. I just I just wish we would have done something. You want a little ringle lingle jingle, Grumpy? A ringle-ingle-lingy. Hey Taylor, it's me, old Lou. How about the answering my call? Hey, let's let's get the band back together. You know, maybe something like that. Maybe we'll bring Andy Green back. He's only 38. Let's bring Andy him back. Green, I thought you were going to say maybe we're going to bring back Scott Stevens. He wasn't uh, – uh, Taylor Hall was not there when Scott Stevens was there. I, I know. I'm just talking about bringing back the old – How about Marty Brodeur? He's still available. <laughs> He's just doing commercials now. He keeps on losing his cup. He keeps on leaving his cup in the hotel. He just keeps on doing – I think – what is it? Uh, the car commercial. What is it, Grumpy Old Man? And I'm sorry. I think it's Hertz. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But car He's always I, honestly I like him. He, I think he, it kind of brings a smile to my face anytime I see him on commercials. But you notice you can tell I'm old school though, because I'm holding a phone like this, where now you're supposed to hold it like this, right? Like it's a pizza to talk, right? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> you always got to be on speakerphone all the time. How can you hear it? I mean, you can't hear the phone if it's not close to your ear unless you got it on speakerphone. Yeah, goodness, grumpy old man. Uh, <laughs> Goodness gracious. I will tell you this much, uh, grumpy old man. Uh, we did get a uh, – we we might bring back Zach Parise. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. What's he, 35 with six more years on his deal? Actually, he's the perfect Lou Lamarillo pickup. Let's, you know what? Let's move Matt Barzal for him. That'll work. Oh, no, no. I don't want him. I don't. I mean, he's finished. We should have had him when Milbury was too scared to draft him because he didn't want any anyone with any uh, Islander lineage coming onto his team. Sorry. 
Uh, David says he's actually 37. I'm 37. He's finished. <laughs> How many more years does he have on his deal? Like four, it, it was, I think it was made as a joke because you see a lot of the Islanders community liking that type of uh, the rumor there. Maybe we're going to go ahead and bring you know Zach Parise to the Islanders. I, I just don't see it. Um, uh, you know, unless we go ahead and offload and or Andrew Ladd or something. I don't know. Again, if if we move a guy like Andrew Ladd in return for Zach Parise, I think it does extend the the amount of cat or the amount of term on a deal. But I think the buyout structured a little bit differently with Zach Parise's deal as opposed to uh, Ladd's deal. So, how many years does Ladd have left? I think three. Okay, Parise has what? I know he's got at least four. I think it's five. five. I think it's four or five. Okay, and he's way older. I mean, and he's thirty-seven. 37 years old. So he's going to be playing the NHL 42. He knows his Dano Chara. He can't stand back there with, you know, uh, you know, with a six foot stick and poke the puck away from people. He's gold, supposedly gold scorer, right? Paul, Paul's saying we got to go ahead and get Yamir Yager on the phone. <laughs> he's like 44, 45. And he's, that's, he's, that's a man I am shocked is still out there playing. He's still you know, playing competitive hockey. But think about how great he was as a player. Absolutely fantastic. He was putting up numbers with Calgary at 43 years old. Okay. He's finished now. Okay. But even think about it. He went in Florida. I mean, he was, he couldn't, you know, what's the first thing that goes when you get older? You can't skate as well. Right. I mean, it's a fast skating league. I mean, you need guys who can skate. That's my whole thing. If you can't skate, I don't even want to look at you. The Dave Anderchucks of the world are long gone. Yeah. And Kerr. Guys who just Anders Lee, he fits right in that mix. Guys who can't move, statues deflecting the puck. And those days are over. Phil Esposito. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the game, the game has changed. Paul's throwing this one out, grumpy old man. Grumpy and Josh Hosang for Parisa. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's an overpay for for uh, Parisa because I'm involved. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. Give Josh Hosang a chance. Please give him a chance. Please give him a chance. Give the kid a chance. I love it. Now, David's saying we need to bring back Mike Bossio. I'm loving Mike it. Bossi, if he had a back, he'd still be playing. He's great. He was fantastic. <laughs> he was. Best natural goal scorer I ever saw. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, well, Grumpy, we are a little over an hour now, um, an hour and 17 minutes to be exact. Uh, the time, knowing time. I know. It tells me. You know I don't see anything that tells it tell, me. It tells me we're on the live stream. tells me how long we've been live for, all the comments that roll in. Oh. So I'm the one who handles all that, Grumpy. So we keep it. I try not to to love everything, you know, because it's overwhelming, I'm sure, Grumpy. Um, uh, but I, well, Nothing is overwhelming for me, I'll be honest with you. I was wondering if the, if you would understand how that one hit. I wonder if I was going to be able to slide by with that one, Grumpy, but you, you got it. You should know better than that. Like I said, my name's not TJ. My <laughs> name's a grumpy old man, and nothing gets by me. <laughs> well, the last thing I want to talk about, not NHL related, Ian Rappaport was actually suspended. Can you believe that, Grumpy? Because he promoted, he promoted, I think something Manscaped or something like that, an advertisement on um, his. I, I honestly, I can't even remember what it is. I just saw a little blurb about it, but he's been suspended. I was like, wow, because he promoted an advertisement. I think it was for Manscaped or some type of ad for some company. For Ian Rappaport, the NFL announcer. Yes. Uh, doesn't the NFL have any better to do? I mean, why don't you learn better COVID protocols, get your teams to fall in line? He, you know, he was suspended by NFL Network after sharing a Manscaped ad. 
So again, I, I it's nothing crazy Islander related or NHL related. Oh, I just, oh, you will follow always. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't know. Did he do it on that broadcast? Did he do it? I think he did it on his. Well, it's it's one of those things, right? Where it's it's odd when it gets down to the legality of it because sometimes these um, these networks actually own the Twitter and the uh, the social media pages of the people that work for them, and anything they post could be looked at as okay. Now you've posted this, and you know you post through us or whatever, and you've posted this ad that we have not approved, and that's maybe why he was suspended. Well, you know what? I could see if I had social media presence, I could see people wanting to purchase that, honestly. Oh, God. Don't be old man. <laughs> but I don't have any. I, I'm just you know, too lazy. I, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be fair. I would, I'd be, I'd attack everyone, and they would all bow before me, which I kind of like. Oh, grumpy old I, man. I bet, there'd be, I bet there'd be Twitter rollers if I was on there. I'm, I guarantee it. Grumpy, you're you're a very volatile person in nature, so I would say that you probably would be stirring up issues with a lot of different people. Um, Not the smart ones. Not the smart ones. And before before we conclude and wrap things up, Two Miss Pessimisticking says, Grumpy should do a Mike Milbury recap. It would be therapeutic. My God, the Mike Milbury. I mean, I, I remember meeting Mike Milbury. I don't even know if I told that story before. Meeting Mike Milbury at the first game in the where the uh, Carolina Hurricanes played down in Greensboro, the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was an exhibition game, and Zidane O'Charles was still with the team. I believe it was 1997, I believe it was, and Milbury was sitting all by himself. There weren't a whole lot of people there, kind of like now. Uh Mike Milbury was sitting all by himself in the 200. I just walked over. We had a nice little conversation. We talked about uh, Christian Kudrock and Brandon Mazay and, you know, the Redwood defense that he drafted that year. And uh, just, it was an and interesting oh, grumpy old, oh, grumpy old man. If you were to knew what he was about to do to destroy and dismantle the franchise, if only you knew, grumpy. I tell you what, he was a little aloof. Uh, you know, I could tell he was watching the game, but he was cool. I mean, we talked for a little while. Uh, like I said, it was an exhibition game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, think about think about the deals he made. I mean, the worst deal in the history of deals was uh, – Oh, I can't get you – Grumpy, I'm going to have to stop you. We all right. You can give me the worst deal you've seen. That's fine. But, Grumpy, we I'll be more than happy to, to, to next podcast or a podcast where we have more time to talk about it. We've got a long offseason to fill, Grumpy. Okay. I'm just going to say that 1999 draft, we had four first-round draft picks. That was like the worst draft pick, the worst draft in the history of drafts. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Stefan went number one. Enough said. We got Tim Connolly first. Oh, well, number five, we drafted Tim Connolly. Three <laughs> picks worked. in the top ten. None of them panned out. And then we had Christian Kudrock at 28, I believe. That was the worst draft in NHL, at least in recent NHL time period. That's for sure. And the funny thing, as soon as you said that, Grumpy, two minutes of pes- or two minutes of pessimistic King said the 1999 draft, the hockey gods did not show us any favor. 100%. So, and you want to know the type of reviews that that draft got compared to this draft? Way, well, way better than this one. So who knows how bad this one's going to be? Oh, goodness gracious, grumpy old man. All righty, Grump. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast as always, grumpy old man. My pleasure.
And thank you so much for the guys who've listened here and participated in the live stream. We love anytime we're able to participate with the listeners of the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. Remember, the best way to go ahead and catch us live is um, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Saturdays. Thank you so much, guys, for being a part of the live stream. And thank you so much, Grumpy Old Man. Thank you.